Hello everyone, a very warm welcome to Christina Aguilera Track Battle. I'm your host Bags, super fan and lover of all things Xtina. This is the podcast where we take two songs from Christina's amazing discography at random via our fancy random track wheel, discuss them and undertake the challenging task of determining which is better. Let's find out which songs are going head to head this episode. Are you ready fighters? Let's spin the wheel. When you put your hands on me. And that's going up against. Something's got a hold on me. Hmm, how many times do you want to say on me? <laughs> it's the on me's. So we have this lovely, sultry song, When You Put Your Hands On Me, from the debut album. And then we have the opening track to the film Burlesque, which, as we know, stars Christina as the lead role, Ali. So without further ado, let's first start talking about When You Put Your Hands On Me. So this is track number nine, as it appears on the track list on the debut album released in 1999, self-titled Christina Aguilera. And this song, interestingly so, is written by none other than Mr. Blurred Lines himself, Mr. Robin Thicke. Um, So this was actually when he was pre-mainstream up and coming and was yet to have the success that he would enjoy later on in his career with songs like Blurred Lines and a lot of his amazing albums. Um, So this was very much back in the day when he was doing a lot of producing and writing and I've always said that the soul music that Robin Thicke does more so early on in his career sort of very very early albums like The Evolution of Robin Thicke um, and Sex Therapy um, which are two really good albums I would check them out if you haven't checked them out already this is pre-blurred lines pre before him twerking against Miley at the the MTV awards um but um I was I would think that um you know that type of music it very much suits Christina as well because as we know she sounds very much at home on a lot of genres on a lot of very different genres but um a lot of fighters, including myself, do like her on soul music and stuff like that. So I would love to see them collaborate again, given, you know, the successes that they've had. He's got a very great silky smooth voice and he's actually very, very talented. You know, even though, as we've just spoken about, his name in the media has had a bit of a backlash, um, you know, also through his personal life and things like that. But that doesn't take away from somebody and their talent. So, yeah. Robin Thicke has written this song along with somebody called James Gass and the song was produced by Robin Thicke as well and Pro J, and very much like Robin Thicke's work it's this very lush R&B style song um, of course with a very much 90s twist this was out in the 90s um, late 90s early noughties teen pop explosion so it's very much in the same vein of that but like a lot of the debut album tracks on Christina's album, has this R&B flavour to it. And this is probably one of the more R&B leaning songs in terms of the genre, um, on terms of, you know, the album tracks in the debut album tracks, um, you know, because a lot of them are straight up pop and can be very much in that late 90s, early noughties, um, as people de- probably term it as as cheesy, um, which it's not. <laughs> but this is a lot more R&B, a lot more adult sounding as well. So lyrically, um, the content about the song, When You Put Your Hands On Me, 
it's pretty self-explanatory it's discussing um about how christina feels when her significant other touches her and puts his hands on her um it's sort of like how it all works together um the alchemy and 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 how how it all makes her feel and that sort of thing and um you know lyrically this is actually quite sultry for the debut album because a lot of the other tracks um are quite light and bouncy very teeny bop um the the lyrical content and the subject um of the songs aren't so sort of deep um it's sort of very much taken on the chin and when you put your hands on me sort of very much treads that fine line between teen pop and that sultry sexiness um and i think you know with that r&b flavor to it as well um, it is one that the album tracks on the debut that does sort of stick out just because of how different it is um christina's voice here uses a lot of the higher register in the verse and in the choruses she's very much harmonizing as we know we like this we like a, a debutina harmony um and it's a lot more breathier as well which is so good so 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 good um but like very much of the debut album tracks it's very nostalgia inducing um so yeah it takes you back to a good time Correct me if I'm wrong as well, but I think this is the only track of Christina's where there is this use of the exaggerated autotune settings. Um, and what I mean by that is it's the, um, I mean, I can't even recreate it because I don't have autotune myself and you will all laugh at me. Um, but uh, the it's sort of as a very, very, very much song that's made it very much famous and put it into the mainstream was the song Believe by Cher, um, where sort of the notes sort of blend into each other. Uh, and that was actually out the year before the debut album was released. That was 1998. So this is very much in that trend that Cher started the year before. Um, and so it's these, basically the story behind it was that um, Cher was recording Believe and the producers, um, which was Brian Higgins of Xenomania, um, were fiddling around with the settings and it's this auto-tune settings where it's sort of picked correction software which a lot of artists use um but when it's on the most exaggerated um settings and on sort of like the highest level it turns into this sort of like liquid like um flow of the notes um and they gave it to Cher and Cher really liked it and um, I remember reading about it and her record label really didn't like it they wanted her to get rid of the the auto-tune effect but she stood her ground and she she sort of kept it in there and um, and of course the song the song is you know so successful believe it's probably one of the the best selling pop singles of all time so um yeah good on Cher for for paving the way and and Cher has paved the way um very bizarrely as well christina is very influenced by Cher and also has worked with Cher very closely together so uh yeah nice connection there as well but yeah it, it's weird to hear christina um have autotune put on her voice because you know she has been this advocate for not using autotune um you know obviously there is pitch correction and stuff like that that goes on in studio settings but we also know christina is very anal when it comes to recording she will repeat takes multiple times again and again and again until she knows she's got it right um and um she is this advocate for not using things like auto-tune especially as she became more in control of her career um and wanted to show how much of a vocalist she is i mean she's very famously there's a candid shot of her wearing a white t-shirt with red writing on saying auto-tune is for pussies which is brilliant um but um 
The reason I say it's funny that Christina has autotune here is because the woman who can sing absolutely every note and who could sing the phone book um, is having autotune on her voice here. But it's a nice stylistic effect here and it adds very much to the R&B flavour of the song and the late 90s feel. So yeah, really, really great. Um, but also bizarre at the same time. So let's look at favourite lyrics and favourite parts um, as we've been doing in most episodes or all episodes I should say. Um, so my favourite lyric here is I don't know diving out of the sky or living like diamonds and pearls. I mean <laughs> when you read the lyrics for this song it's there's some great imagery but oh my god it's random. It's proper random and the lyric that I've just said it's probably my favourite of the imagery because you know diving out the sky is quite nice I like clouds I like gems but yeah the lyricism of this track is rather random I have to say you know things like time gems dolls flowers it's very random Robin Thicke you are very very random but I can see you know what um what people say you know about it being like alchemy it's it is it is very much in that vibe and, and it is very random in that way but yeah I do like the imagery created in, in the lyrics of of this um my favorite part I mean I have to say it's the autotune parts here as much as you know Christina and autotune is not in the same sentence and it doesn't go they're actually really really cool here and add a great vibe to the song and for for Christina to be using autotune uh, on this is a nice like I said nice stylistic effect and um really adds to the song and makes the the sort of the song actually stand out in terms of the track listing uh as you know a lot of potential people do think i mean not me but a lot of people do think that you know the debut work is not sort of her creative control and and you know it's very much in the same of same vein as a lot of the artists around that time um so this does make it stand out in that way which is great i mean it's just so mad how the music industry is connected in these weird ways you know that people like Robin Thicke and Christian Aguilera have actually worked together before they both hit their mainstream successes. Um, it's just so cool. The mind wonders to think where else have we had situations like this with other artists. Um, but yeah, the nice track that they've done together. Love to see them work together again because they're both very, very talented, of course. Um, but yeah, lovely song when you put your hands on me. So let's talk about the song that that is up against, which is Something's Got a Hold on Me. So this is the opening track, track number one on the burlesque soundtrack, which was released in 2010 to accompany the film, also released in 2010. And it's the opening song number in the film, which is, of course, a musical, as we know, was released in 2010, starred Christina, Cher, Stanley Tucci and Kristen Bell, amongst a smattering of other actors. And 10 Years On has this amazing cult following still. We see the album reappear in the iTunes chart you know, multiple times a year. It's aired on a lot of TV channels, when it's on Netflix, when it comes on and off Netflix, it, you know, trends on Twitter and, you know, people have this amazing love for this film, uh, which is great. Um, you know, longevity is what it's all about. You don't want to just be putting out stuff and people forget it a year later. So, um, yeah, great film. Um, very much take it on the chin and it's a a good laugh and a great fun time uh, in terms of the film. So the song itself, this is a cover of an Etta James song which was released in 1962 and it's one of the two Etta covers that appear on the soundtrack, the other being Tough Lover, which we have already spoken about in a previous episode. So 
Something's Got a Hold on Me, um, the original song and the song that has been covered by Christina. It was written by Etta James, Leroy Kirkland and Pearl Woods. And Christina's version here is produced by Christopher Tricky Stewart, along with four other tracks on the soundtrack. So the bulk of it, um, you know, as we know, Christopher Tricky Stewart um, and Claude Kelly along as well with him. were doing a lot of work together around this time with Christina, not only on the burlesque soundtrack, but also on uh, Bionic which was released in the same year they had a few tracks on there as well so um, a lot of work done and a lot of different varied work as well as we know bionic very much electronic um and some r&b elements in there whereas the work that they've done on the burlesque soundtrack is very much jazz and soul and inspired by that as well so great producer tricky um is very sort of versatile in the way that um he can apply himself to different genres and um also do the great work that he's done with christina so the song is a straight up soul sound with some elements of gospel and blues and it lyrically talks about how the feeling of love just takes over you and makes you feel good and strange and how you feel better as a person and you just embrace it and as we know, Christina cites Etta as one of her main go-to artists for influence. She's very heavily influenced by Etta. And we can see this not only from the way that Christina's spoken about her in many interviews and many appearances, but also the way that she sings, you know, down to that grit that she has, you know, the, I mean, I can't even do it myself because I'm not an amazing singer, but it's something that both Christina and Etta share. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just... I'm just laughing at the way I just growled and I think that's hilarious and also very weird at the same time so I do apologise <laughs> but um, this is what you do you want to try and recreate Christina's grit because only Christina has it um, and um, yeah they, they share that grit and um, I, I like that because it's you know, we've spoken about this before where it's not just always about being technically perfect um, in terms of being a good singer. It's about singing from the heart and singing from the soul and having that um, ability to portray that emotion through your voice. And Christina is one of the only, you know, singers in recent memory from, you know, my generation at least um, that does that because it's not always about being technically perfect and what note you can hit. Um, if you can be the most amazing singer, but you can be really cold and not make a connection with anyone, especially when you're up on a stage or even singing, you know, a studio recording. And um, Christina is all about that. She connects very well. She's got amazing stage presence. Um, and I think she's learned that a lot from somebody like Etta because Etta was also about that. She was about singing with emotion rather with rather than with technical perfection um and you know a lot of people of artists who have paid tribute to etta and have really cited itta as an influence um you know for example somebody like beyonce um who has covered etta and has played etta in films um but etta gravitated more towards christina and and i think that's probably why because she probably saw some of christina in her um and you know as amazing as beyonce is as a singer she is she strives on being a perfectionist and sometimes um that's not always what people like um i mean she's amazing she's got a great following and absolutely brilliant performer brilliant artist and couldn't be happier for her success um but uh yeah for me somebody like christina is is superior because there's the emotion there and uh, that's what i want from my singers anyway moving on um about etta james um 
and Christina, her music has been sort of that shining light to Christina throughout her singing career and, you know, when she was going through her troubles when she was younger. And when they finally met, um, you know, Etta could say nothing but amazing words for her. They had this respect for each other. And it's so rare to see that, um, so much so that Christina was leading the musical tributes at Etta's funeral um, when she sang At Last. Um, so, you know, very much has touched her in her life and her career. Uh, rest in peace Etta James um, and, and here something's got a hold on me Christina's very faithful to Etta's vocals um, from the original if you listen to the original and listen to Christina's version one after each other you can hear that there is a very good tribute here but in Christina's version we have more melismas um, you know classic Christina style of singing um, so this is the opening number in the film where Christina has made this dramatic decision to leave the diner she works at in a, in a secluded area in Iowa for the bright lights of Hollywood um, and she shuts up the diner and puts her shoes on the counter and starts singing the song in this sort of staging area while it cuts to shots of the dancers in the burlesque lounge and also Christina a trailer packing her stuff and going to the coach station to get a one-way ticket to LA and her arrival there it's a really really great opening to the film and I remember Steve Antin the director saying that the scenes that are shown over the song you know of her packing and everything like that they were going to be placed separately in the film but the pacing just worked better in the way that it's shown in the final version and I like that I like a musical where the um the actual numbers add to the story rather than just be completely random and just sort of thrown in there so Christina actually performed this a couple of times during the promotion circuit for the film's release, uh, once on the Ellen DeGeneres show and once on Conan O'Brien's show in America. Both amazing performances. I mean, what can I say? The vocals were just on point. Um, very strange that she chose this song to to sing on the promotional tour because it was the only cover on the soundtrack that was performed live. Um, as we know, there are multiple covers on the burlesque soundtrack um but you know etta means a lot to christina and also the number from the film was the first one to be released as a sort of promotional teaser and get people talking about the film so i suppose it makes sense there as to why she um performed it a lot of people talk about christina being ahead of her time and the use of this song as a cover version and making it more up to date could be considered an example because the year after, in 2011, both um, artists Flo Rida and Avicii sampled the original Etta version for hit songs of their own, uh, Good Feeling and Levels, respectively, uh, which is very, very strange because, you know, Christina put a spotlight on this song the year before, you know, having performed it on the promotional tour. A lot of people went to see the film. A lot of people bought the soundtrack. Um, so, yeah, quite strange. And then, um, you know, of course, Flo Rida and Christina eventually connected a couple of years later, did a live performance on The Voice together of a song called How I Feel, where Flo had sampled Feeling Good by Nina Simone, in which Christina sang those parts on stage. You know, Nina Simone being another singer that Christina is heavily influenced by and has paid tribute to many times. So let's look at favourite parts and favourite lyrics. My favourite part, I have to say, is the last minute of the song where we have this last chorus, but then we get the to and fro of the la 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 with the backing uh, singers and Christina's ad-libbing. And then it just ends on this epic run, an epic note from Christina, and it's just spine tingling. And, you know, when she did that live um, on the, the Ellen and the Conan shows, um, it, it was just amazing. It was note for note perfection and... You know, we know that she's just an amazing singer. We don't need to say it anymore, but it's just absolutely brilliant. It's moments like that that, you know, 
you know, that this woman is very, very talented. Um, my favourite lyric is, step by step, I got a brand new walk, I even sound sweeter when I talk. It's like what people say, that when you have an emotion completely overcome you, it changes you completely, and you can see it on the whole of your physical appearance. And I like the way that it has been written here as well. It's a very well-written song, and I like the sort of toing and froing of it as well. So Christina's done an amazing cover here and it suits her voice so, so, so well. We know she sounds so at home on soul music and, um, you know, great addition to the soundtrack. So we've heard about When You Put Your Hands On Me and we've heard about Something's Got A Hold On Me, but there can only be one winner. So drum roll, please. And the winner is... Something's Got A Hold On Me. Congratulations, something's got a hold on me. You have won this episode. Uh, I mean, the reason it had to win, it's the vocals that win it for me. The cover suits her so well. It suits her voice so well. It's the type of music that she sounds so at home on. And it's just an amazing cover of an amazing song. So, yes, that had to be the winner. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Join us again for the next episode where we'll be looking at Early Baby Tina versus a Spanglish Sex Kitten song. Hmm... Which ones are they? You'll have to find out. Thanks again so much for listening. That is it for today's show. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave comments. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Xdina Track Battle. Peace out. <laughs>